At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah, and we are here for the next three hours to get you set for the college basketball slate. It is a fantastic card here, as we are now in no, no, rather in February, reaching March, where things really start to come to fruition. Make sure to tweet at us all throughout the show over the next three hours, at VEASAN Live on Twitter, at Amal Shaw 1, at Femi and Bebefe. Coming up, we got picks at 11.45. Betting breakdown also of the Genesis invite on the PGA Tour and the Daytona 500 coming up tomorrow at 11.30. Twitter poll at 10.45. We want to hear from you guys, so go to at VEASAN Live, like I mentioned. Weigh in on the poll. The question is simple. Who would you bet on to win the NBA championship? Your options are the Warriors, Suns, Nets, and Bucks. Amal's A-list at 10.15. College basketball games to keep an eye on today as we we're three weeks away from Selection Sunday, but first, Amal, how we doing, buddy? I'm Let's doing go. Well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Can't you tell? We're firing it up. Amal, three weeks from tomorrow, we will have a bracket. I know you're excited. College basketball is one of the things that you absolutely love, and this is now kind of the nitty-gritty in college hoops. Yeah, I'm not as concerned about the bracket. I'm worried about March 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th along that time. That's the best time of the year when you have conference tournaments. That's the best betting time from, from my perspective. Yeah, conference tournaments are going to be starting up here in about 10 days or so. So that's going to be absolutely fun stuff with the smallest mid-major programs. And then we finally get, like Maul said, March 8th, 9th, 10th with the Power 5 schools in the conference tournaments. Let's start with a Power 5 school here at Maul. Illinois, the number 12 ranked team in the country, taking on number 19, Michigan State. The Illini right now, two and a half point favorites on the road in East Lansing. Total 139 and a half is just about to tip off here shortly. Any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I like Sparty here in a revenge spot against Illinois. Remember, they lost a game, a tight game where they were trailing big at the half, come back, miss a free throw late, had an opportunity potentially to send that game to overtime. They come up a little bit short at the Breslin Center where they've been terrific all year. I think Illini are a very solid team, but I don't really see see them as one of the upper echelon teams in terms of top two in this league. I think when you look at teams with the ability to go on the road and win, uh, Wisconsin would be the top of my list in this mm-hmm. conference. I think uh, Michigan State, even though they're not a great team, uh, you got Purdue there as well, Ohio State. So I think this is a good opportunity for Michigan State to be able to get a good road win, excuse me, a good home win here. 
Yeah, it'll be a big win for them after what we saw earlier this week from the Spartans as they were taking on Penn State. In the Big 12, Texas Tech, Texas, this is the rematch. Texas Tech, that atmosphere in Lubbock a month ago was absolutely off the charts. Now they go to Austin to face the Longhorns, and the Longhorns are three-and-a-half-point home favorites, total 128-and-a-half in this game here. You like Texas in this revenge spot? Uh, Yeah, it's a good opportunity for them. My problem with Texas is the lack of offensive consistency. Now, they played well in uh, Norman against Oklahoma on the road, but this is a competitive and good defense in Texas Tech, but this is probably a good spot if you want to take a revenge game here with the uh, Texas Longhorns at the Irwin Center today. What do you think about the total in this game? 128 and a half. We've seen a little bit of movement to the over. It opened around 125 and a half here. What do you make of the total in this game with two really good defensive teams? Yeah, I mean, I can see it either way. I I can make a compelling argument on both sides. I, I don't have a play on that one way or the other. Later this afternoon, or rather afternoon on the East Coast, still morning here for us out on the Pacific time zone, Alabama and Kentucky playing in this game. We saw this game a couple weeks ago where Kentucky just absolutely has dominated the Tide out there in Tuscaloosa. Tide couldn't make a shot in in that game. Three of 30 from three-point range. Well, now Kentucky, six-and-a-half point favorites at home. This one's back at Rupp Arena, total 155-and-a-half. Yeah, a little bit of concern from UK's perspective. No Ty Ty Washington in this game. He's been terrific for this team all year. But if you are John Calipari's team, you're still very comfortable and confident with the other people you have on the floor. Wheeler, the transfer from Georgia, has been outstanding for this uh, Kentucky team. And then obviously we know what Oscar Shibway has been able to do. Probably the front runner for the Wooden Award. Uh, this is going to come down to what you just alluded to. Can Alabama knock down three-point shots? Obviously, they'll do better than they did in the game in Tuscaloosa, but I just don't believe they're going to be able to consistently shoot over this Kentucky team who's terrific defensively. But it's not just that. To me, they picked their spots in terms of being able to run. I think they should be able to dominate the glass again in this matchup. I, I didn't touch this game, but uh, I think the number's right where it should be. This should be an interesting one. This is a game, Femi, I would look towards the over on the total. I, mm-hmm. I know last time around both teams struggled to score a little bit. Boy, but if Alabama's knocking down any kind of shots, Kentucky has no qualms about getting up and going. Yeah, the Alabama, they like to play fast 14th in the country in terms of adjusted tempo over at Ken Palm. But you mentioned Alabama shooting threes. Why do they take so many three-pointers? Because they're not a good three-point shooting team, but these guys will just continually jack up three-pointers. Be- because that's that's how they play. Uh, that's their style of play. Oates is, uh, Nate Oates' style is we're going to get up and go, we're going to shoot three-pointers, and then if not, we're going to get looks at the basket. I mean, that that's their whole formula. And from the mathematical aspect of it, from an analytics standpoint, it actually makes sense. But mm-hmm. I tend to agree with you. If you're not a good three-point shooting team, at some point in time, you've got to look at what your strengths are and what you don't do particularly well. But you look at this team, they don't have a Herb Jones that they had last year. Yeah. You know, Jones was a difference maker. He could do it all inside, outside. Uh, so this team's really relying on Shackelford to be able to knock down some shots. Uh, J.B. Uh, Davison's been terrific in terms of when he goes to the basket, but he's got to do that a little bit more, and some of the shot selection with this team leaves a little bit to be desired. I was just about to bring that up there, the shot selection. Not only do they take a lot of threes, they take a lot of contested threes, step-back threes, and those are low-percentage shots, as you can tell from their three-point percentage as a team, under 31%, which is 309th in the country. Another fun game out in the SEC, Bud Walton Arena is going to be on fire today. Number 16, Tennessee, visits number 23, Arkansas here, 
Razorbacks two and a half point favorites, total 138 and a half over at BetMGM. Yeah, I actually think this is probably the game of the day. Forget the rankings. I know Illinois is 12, Michigan State's 19, 25, and, 20, and 4 with Kentucky, Alabama, but I think this game at the Bud is going to be terrific. We saw what happened when Auburn went on the road. They take a terrible shot at the end of the game to try and tie it up, Femi, and mm-hmm. now you've got a, a Tennessee team coming in, playing well off of a big win against Kentucky, but this would be a huge win for Musselman's team. They have one loss at home this year, and that was an aberration, a second-half collapse against Vanderbilt. Now let's see what they do with an opportunity against a good Tennessee team who can be inconsistent in terms of scoring the basketball away from home. So we'll see what Chandler uh, can do in this game. He's got to be effective. I said the other day, I said uh, Santiago and Chandler have to play well for this team to have a chance, and they were terrific against Kentucky. They're going to have to repeat that feat. J.D. Note is going to have to have a big day for the Razorbacks if they're going to win this one. Yeah, it feels like a really good spot for Arkansas, yeah. just based on what you mentioned with Tennessee coming off of the big win against the Kentucky Wildcats earlier this week. In the ACC, uh, not a banner year for the ACC here, but we still have a marquee game between Florida State and Duke. The Blue Devils, 15.5 point favorites in this game. Total, 142.5 here, Amal. Boy, based on that comment, I would think you're a beat writer in the ACC. This is a terrible league, uh, not a banner year. Are you kidding me? They shouldn't even be. This is like the Pac-12 in football. We shouldn't even consider you for a selection committee. I mean, this, this no, is the no, bottom line. No auto bid for the ACC. Yeah, besides Duke, everybody else, you're going to have to play in the – all four teams in the play-in games in Dayton should be from the ACC that anybody wants to have a chance in this one. You know, you look at this league this year, it's been completely down. Florida State's been dealing with injuries ever since Polite's gone down. They can't shoot the basketball. Yeah. I mean, they have a horrific home loss to Pittsburgh. Syracuse has struggled. I'm sure Jim Beheim and his, uh, you know, probably 16 and 19 record are, you know, saying we should be a seven seed in the tournament. This number here with Duke is big. Uh, I, I don't want to touch it on historically Florida State, particularly uh, in Tallahassee, has played well against Duke and mm-hmm. even at times at Cameron Indoor. But right now, Florida State is not the same basketball team. And they've really had some challenges. Probably you could make the case outside of the one year where Virginia play, won the national championship and mm-hmm. had the one seed. Uh, and outside of Carolina, this has probably been the most consistent program over the last two decades. Obviously, yep. Duke being the, the gold standard in that league uh, in terms of the ACC. But I think Florida State's in for a challenge. They wouldn't lay the 15 with Duke here, but couldn't take it either with the Seminoles. Yeah, the Seminoles just snapped a six-game losing streak Tuesday, beating Clemson 81-80. to uh, Prior to that, they had not been looking good. Got blown out by North Carolina's eight-and-a-half-point underdogs. You mentioned the Pitt game, which is absolutely uh, set offensive basketball back about a decade at least between the Panthers and the Seminoles. But I want to ask you about this Duke team here because we've seen these stretches for Duke to where at one point they look like the best team in the country at other points like the second half against Wake Forest it felt like they were just turning the ball over couldn't get any good shots no really offensive flow to their team here what do you make of this Duke team going forward where they're not getting tested very often in that ACC conference yeah I think this reminds me of that uh, you know Zion Williamson RJ Barrett Cam Reddish team great individual pieces Mm -hmm. but not really a great team you know, you look at Palo Bancaro, he's been terrific, potential first overall pick. Uh, Williams, what he's been able to do. Uh, Wendell, Wendell, um, Wendell Moore. Moore, thank you. Yep. Um, he, he's been outstanding. But for some reason, this team has been in games in league play that they shouldn't be in. To me, if Arizona was playing in the ACC this year or Gonzaga were playing in the <laughs> ACC, these guys would be – this would be like their lines on the road. I mean, you know, they, they would be dusting people left and right. It, they've just been inconsistent. You know, look at that game against Virginia. Now, granted, Virginia style of play generally for, affords opponents to stay in games that shouldn't, but also allows them to stay in games that they may not necessarily uh, have an opportunity in. They go into Cameron, they get a road win like that. We've seen them struggle in certain matchups. So 
Duke goes to South Bend, goes to Chapel Hill, and blows out these teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, it, to me, it's really going to come down to who they match up with. I would love it if Arizona winds up with Duke in the same bracket. That that would be outstanding uh, to me to see how this thing plays out. You think they're going to send Duke to the Wolves and K's last year? <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is, look, they're going to have to make some shots because the one problem with this team is at times they're inconsistent shooting the basketball. I know they got size. You know, their first-round opponent, they're, just, they're literally they're just going to be bigger than them. Yep. But when you face off against some better teams, especially you get into that second round, you're going to play an eight seed that's very capable of knocking them off. I want to ask you more about this Illinois and Michigan State matchup on the other side here because Illinois, both of these teams, they show the flashes of good, they show the flashes of bad, and we saw Illinois show their bad Wednesday night against Rutgers. But Rutgers, to their credit, has been doing that to everybody when they play at the rack. They're just so good on their home floor here. But the college hoop slate is heavy today. Amal's A-list coming up here, like I mentioned, at 10-15. He's going to outline some key games to look out for here on the slate here. But don't go away. We're going to discuss more of these early slate games. Baylor, they're back at it hosting TCU coming up here later this afternoon. We're discussing it and just getting rolling here on Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VEASAN all access to everything we do from now through the College Basketball Championship on April 4th for only $29. Sign up now and get our daily best bets, emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit VEASAN.com slash madness to sign up today. Welcome back to Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah, talking all things 
college basketball here on this Saturday in February, second to last Saturday that we have here as we're getting to the nitty-gritty in college hoops. And Amal, we left off talking about Illinois, Michigan State. Illinois, last time we saw them out, they lost to Rutgers. Now, there's no shame in losing to Rutgers at the rack is what we're starting to learn here in the Big Ten. But the Illini, you said that you're a little, you're holding off on this team, a team that some people like. They like what they can do on both sides of the floor. Kofi Coburn, one of the best players in the country. But what's tripping you up with Brad Underwood's, uh, Underwood's team, I should say? Well, look, you look at this team. Last year, they were so reliant on Io Sunmu in terms of what he was able to do. Coburn is more effective when players around him perform well. Plummer's been tremendous shooting the three ball all year long. But you look at Trent Frazier. He has regressed in his time in Champaign. He was a terrific player a couple of years ago. Last two years, really been non-existent. Andre Carbello's been in and out of the lineup a little bit with injuries, but he has been a good player for them. I just feel like they're a good team in Champaign. Not quite as extreme as Rutgers in terms of we know how they play in Piscataway. They get away from home. They're not as effective. But when you look at uh, this team here, I, I just I'm not a buyer in them, and maybe I'm wrong. I mean, but the reality is there's situations where I look at certain matchups and I'm like, I think there's games they should win. They had a 13 point lead against Arizona. They end up losing that game, and I get Arizona is a terrific team. But still, I feel like if you're a good basketball team, you should be able to close out that type of game when you you have that type of lead at home in the first half. Um, so for me, they're going to have to prove it. But I think, again, in the tournament, though, Femi, they could wind up with a matchup. See, the one thing with Purdue and Illinois is they have so much size yeah. that when they face off against some of these other teams, like I mentioned with Duke, they're going to have an advantage in the interior, and that's going to make a difference. So a lot of it's going to be predicated upon matchups. Yeah, Illinois, it, it tends to be what Illinois team do you get? Like, they're kind of the Jekyll and Hyde team. They play it a little bit more consistently. Uh, to their credit, to kind of to their defense, I should say, is that they started, they had some COVID issues. Coburn had the weird suspension to start the year there. They've had some injuries like you outlined. So it's kind of been a team that's almost trying to find its footing. We'll see what they do as we enter the month of March. Over at Bracket Matrix, Illinois is a four seed right now. And they're at BetMGM, they're 20 to one to win the title. So they're almost in the futures market being seen as one of those teams that could be that three or four seed that maybe upsets the apple cart and finds their way in New Orleans at year's end? Well, no, I mean, look, they're, they're from a big state school. They're a prominent program. People know who they are. It's not, they're not that much of a surprise, but I just think that that's probably correct in terms of the seating somewhere between three, four and five for them. Uh, but I just look at some of the other teams that you would match up with, and I don't see them necessarily being on that same level. Right now, they lead Michigan State 12-8. to eight. We're approaching the under-12 timeout over there at the Breslin Center. Illinois, four-and-a-half-point favorites on the live line, total 136-and-a-half. Right now, you have to lay minus 250 if you like the Illini on the money line. Uh, Baylor and TCU, they tipped off over in Waco here at the top of the hour. Right now, Baylor leads TCU 14-7, to about two and 12 and a half minutes to play in the first half, I should say here. Uh, what did you make of this game here with the Bears dealing with some injuries? Jonathan Chamuchachua looks like he's going to be out for the rest of the season here as they try to bounce back and uh, keep this thing rolling there out there in Waco. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough for TCU. Remember, this is a team that doesn't shoot the ball to begin with particularly well. And now you go in against a Baylor team that really defends extremely Extremely well at the Farrell Center. Uh, this number was about 11. I, I actually almost laid this one here. Just didn't because it's not my type of play, but I, I think Baylor should dominate this basketball game. And TCU consistently inconsistent offensively. But give Jamie Dixon's team credit. I think they come in at 15 and 6. They've done a really nice job so far this year finding ways to win basketball games. We'll see if they can get it done today on the road. Uh, probably not, but I think this game is going to be one where you just see, you look up at every media timeout and you'll see Baylor maybe 2, then 4, 7. 
10 type of scenario, and I think they end up winning this game probably 12 to 15 points. Yeah, it's interesting. The betting market actually backed TCU uh, in terms of the when the line opened, it opened 12 in terms of Baylor, and I know a lot of people probably don't like to lay that kind of big numbers to maybe all the money that we got was that TCU money, but it ended up closing 11. They also like the over opened 137 and a half, closed 138 and a half. Xavier's taking on Connecticut in the Big East right now. The UConn leads 7 to 6 very early in the game, 14 minutes left uh, until halftime, but Connecticut went off as six and a half point favorites total 139 and a half there was a soft opener of five and a half yeah. and I was a little interested in there but then once kind of the uh, widespread openers here a lot of the legal books came up six and a half I was even seeing some sevens in some places here but uh what did you make of this game pre-flop and uh what are you looking to do maybe in game well I, I thought the numbers right where it should be you know it if you get an opportunity, you see Scruggs just turn the basketball over. I'll tell you what, he, you know, I talked about Frazier regressing in his time in Champaign. Scruggs is a guy who's a fifth-year senior with his size, would have never hung around had he been good enough to go to the league, but he's just also regressed. I mean, fourth-leading scorer on this team, just a simple dribble penetration, dribbles it off his leg there, but uh, I, I think it's one of those games where if uh, UConn's down at the break, I like Danny Hurley's team. They have played a lot with a lot of tenacity in certain uh, second halves of certain games, but I feel like this is a game that is UConn's, whether they cover or not. I mean, maybe X covers, but I just think UConn's a far more complete basketball team than Xavier. They, they've been inconsistent. I think they've got three or four losses at Cintas this year. Very rare occurrence for them to have that usually tremendous home court advantage and not do particularly well. UConn right now, eight and a half on the live line. The live total, 131 and a half as the Huskies lead it by three early on. This UConn team is another team that could be seen as not necessarily a sleeper because everybody knows UConn, like you mentioned, but they're 66 to one to win the national title over at BetMGM. Do you think this is a second weekend caliber team come March? I do. I think Sonega has been terrific. RJ Cole, the transfer, has really done a nice job of studying things at the point for UConn. I like this team. I like Danny Hurley's uh, temperament. Absolutely the opposite of his brother. How are they from the same family? <laughs> I, I have no idea. I mean, it, it's not even close. And uh, oh, wow, what an and one for the Huskies here. There I tell you, you it's a big difference when they play at Gamble uh, as opposed to the Excel Center. You have that on court. Uh, atmosphere. It's just a different atmosphere. They started out in this game for nothing. Now they've scored uh, 11 of the last uh, 13 points in this one. But I don't know. You know, the thing is, when you take a team at 66 to one, unless you're looking at that Arizona team from 97 that beat three one seeds, but they had a lot of talent on that team. Mike Bibby, Jason Terry, Michael Dickerson. It's hard to imagine a team being able to make the type of run when you look around around the country. Gonzaga's got four to five pros. Duke's got four to five pros. Arizona's got four to five pros. UCLA's got four to five pros. It's hard to sit there and see when you face off against those types of teams that they're going to sit there and go, okay, hey, we're going to be able to go through this fairly comfortably. Um, you know, you need to shoot the ball well. You need some breaks along the way. Uh, you know, I, I think back to some of those UConn teams, especially the Okafor team. Rashad Evans was unbelievable shooting the ball. They had Boone on the glass. I mean, they had guys that could do different things and in ben their Gordon. roles. Yeah, yeah, Ben Gordon, of course. And I mean, but um, you know, the guy, different guys could play different roles. So it really comes down to how do you perform in those situations. And to me, the one thing with UConn is. They can be a little bit sloppy at times with the basketball, and that could come back to hurt them. A game that's about to tip off in about 10 minutes over in Austin, Texas, Texas Tech. We gave our initial thoughts on those games, but we're seeing a little bit of movement in the market here. Uh, at some other places here at the South Point, we're seeing four. Bet MGM still has three and a half right now with the total of 128 and a half, but the fours are starting to populate in terms of Texas, and the over is also getting bet. Uh, opened 126 and a half, like we mentioned, now 129 as the consensus number here, but people liking this long 
Longhorns team in this spot. What do you think of Texas Tech away from Lubbock? Well, I still think they've been a good basketball team. I mean, they have one of the top five wins in college basketball this year on the road at Baylor. That's about as good as it gets. you got a season sweep against the Bears. This team, Mark Adams, has done a tremendous job with this team. Excuse me, but you look at them, uh, their ability to bounce back in certain spots have been terrific. They did shoot the ball well against Texas the first time around 47%, yeah. 42% from deep. I don't think they're going to be able to duplicate that number today. I expect to see uh, this team really be guarded as soon as they get off the bus there. But for me, uh, I, I'm not surprised people take the over. You know, when you get a 128, it's such a low number that if the game is somewhere between four and eight points late, you could wind up with eight points in the final minute so easily that it takes it over. And every three-point shot covers one minute of the total, in essence, in terms of if you're betting the over. So, But this Texas team at times has struggled to score the basketball, but they've also defended extremely well. Uh, this is, to me, the second-best game to watch of the day behind the game between Tennessee and Arkansas. I, th- I think it's going to be a great game. Again, another good in-game opportunity bet scenario, in my opinion. You know, yesterday I mentioned about St. John's. I said, you take a look. Maybe you want to take Butler in the points or you want to take the Johnnies. You could have gotten the Johnnies at one point at four and a half on the end play. They end up <laughs> winning that game by 30 or so. So just something to pay attention to in this type of matchup. I, I think if this game happened yesterday with the Detroit game against Western uh, Northern Kentucky, Team struggle to shoot the basketball. You can get far better numbers on the in play sometimes, and they materialize. And I think this is a game you keep an eye out for. I think that's an excellent point. I want to get more on that. Also, the point that you brought up about totals and how these games that are perceived to be lower scoring, if it's close, they can tend to get over with the parade of free throws yeah. at the end of the game. We'll discuss that on the other side. Also, take another look at Illinois, Michigan State out there in the Big Ten. It's a college basketball Saturday. Amal's excited. I'm excited. Hope you're excited. We're going to try to find a little bit of value on the card all throughout the show today here. Stay with us. It's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives us insight on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over under and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Welcome back. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah as we come to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And we're tracking a lot of things. And speaking of making you guys smarter, better, we got a fun segment with Amal planned for you guys later on to tell you kind of what some indicators are to look at in terms of handicapping college basketball and also for in-game betting here with college troops and the slate being very, very hefty. But before we get to Amal's A-list here, Wanted to update you guys on what's happening between Illinois and Michigan State. The Illini are coming out, and they're looking good. They lead it 19-8 to at the under-8 timeout. They are 8.5 on the live line, favored by 8.5. They closed two, I believe it was. Total 127.5 in this game here, Amal. Uh, anything surprising to you? This Michigan State team, I mean, they might just not be good. Well, no, I've been saying it all along. I said they're not particularly good, and I think you're seeing that reflected in terms of how this team has performed. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens in this one because remember last time in Champaign, the Illini were up big at halftime, and then Michigan State comes steam, uh, you know, steamrolling back in the second half. So we'll see what happens here at the Breslin Center. At some point in time, you would expect them to make a run. 
Yeah, that place is usually one of the tougher places to play in college basketball. Uh, they got the Mateen Cleaves jerseys on uh, for the team right there at Michigan State, so we'll see if they can provide any magic. Man, they're going to need to roll the Flintstones out. Mo <laughs> Pete, Charlie Bell, where are you guys? You bring A.J. Granger in there. He was automatic from 17. Exactly. And what's crazy that Illinois right now with the 11-point lead, they're only 2 of 10 from 3-point land, 20%. In terms of the field, they're shooting 36%, so it's not like Illinois is lighting the world on fire in this game. However, Michigan State does have five turnovers, which is unlike Tom Izzo teams. They are shooting 16% as a team right now. That total is very, very low right now, trending toward the under 127.5 is our live number. So Michigan State, you will not find them on Amal's A-list, the way, the way they've been playing over the last uh, few weeks here. But let's get to your list, Amal, here. These are some games that you think are going to highlight the day here in college basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Let's start with the game at the butt. I think this is the best game of the day. Tennessee going on the road against Arkansas. This Razorbacks team has been terrific at home this year. Remember the singular loss coming against Vanderbilt in the game, which they had a pretty sizable lead, Femi, but they squandered that one and they blow that one. So we'll see uh, what they do in a tough, tough matchup. You know, these are two teams that are well coached. Uh, I, I think it should be a lot of fun in this game. Arkansas is short home favorite here at two. I like them in this number. I think they got a great chance in this game. Tennessee, no, now we know they defend extremely well. They're going to need some consistency on the offensive end uh, in terms of being able to win this game. Santiago Vescovi has been outstanding for this team along with uh, Kyle Chandler. Both of these guys have to play well. The two double-digit scorers for Kentucky, they were tremendous in that game against uh, Kentucky. If they can duplicate that type of performance that they had in that matchup where they, they both were, uh, they combined to go for 35 points, they got a great shot in this game. Uh, that's going to be the challenge for them in this one. But t I'm telling you right now, if you're not familiar with Bud Walton Arena, this is mm. one of the tougher arenas to play in the country. It is loud. It's a great place to see a basketball game if you've never been. It's a tremendous place there, and I think Musselman's team will be ready to go. You know, the uh, likely transferring over from – I'm sorry, not likely uh, – likes uh, from uh, Miami has been tremendous for them. Note has been outstanding throughout the course of the season. Uh, this is going to be a tough one. I like the Razorbacks here lane too. Yeah, I bet them, Jim, they're now two and a half with a total 138 and a half. You mentioned Bud Walton Arena, that atmosphere for the game against Auburn. I mean, I don't know if it's the fans are feeding off a of Muscleman or if he's feeding off of the fans. I mean, he had his shirt off. He was jumping around and stuff after the game there. That place was absolutely electric. We usually see uh, court stormings in college basketball. They turned the lights off for the court storming there at Bud Walton in the arena. That's the kind of atmosphere that it is out there in Fayetteville. Well, they've got a tremendous, they've got a tremendous support. You've got to go back to the 90s when uh, you know Nolan Richardson's yeah. team went to back-to-back -back national title games, won one of those. They've always had a great support. People don't realize Northwest Arkansas is actually one of the prettiest places in the country. They've got a, an incredible fan support because outside of the St. Louis area, you don't really, and that's still a distance away, you don't have a, any pro team in your area. Razorbacks have done traditionally well for the last you know, several decades in basketball. And even when the Razorbacks in football don't do particularly well, they still support them well. Another game that's on your A-list here in the SEC where it just means more, or maybe that's just in football there, but Kentucky <laughs> taking on Alabama. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is 1B in terms of best leagues in college basketball this year. This mm -hmm. has been a tremendous basketball league. What do you make about this game between Bama and Kentucky and why they're on the A-list today? Well, I think it's going to be a great matchup. You know, Alabama struggled that first time around. You alluded to it. Um, I remember you and I went heads up in this game in Kentucky. <laughs> it didn't go well for me. Yeah, you know, it, they end up winning that game by 11 at Rupp. You mentioned it. Three 
for 30, 10%. If you're uh, John Calipari's team, you cannot rely on Kentucky, excuse me, Alabama shooting the ball that poorly and expect that type of result next time around. Shackelford went 0 for 7 in that game. Rojas and Curly, uh, Gurley go 0 for 7 combined. So right there, you got three guys that go 0 for 14. I don't expect that to happen again. I expect Shackelford to bounce back and play well. Uh, remember, Ty Ty Washington out with an injury. He's been terrific for this team. Good mid-range game. Really a good prospect at the next level. Grady's a terrific spot-up shooter for them. He's going to have to play well. Wheeler is the catalyst for this offense. But I think we'll see a more focused Alabama team here. I don't like this number at six and a half either way. I think Kentucky's very capable of winning this game by more. Now down to six. But I also think Alabama, uh, I don't think they win the game. But I think they legitimately have a shot to be able to be competitive and potentially put up an upset. Yeah, we're seeing places in the market where that's gone down to six here. So the Tide are getting a little bit of love. But this Tide team, I cannot figure them out. I'm not, I haven't bet this game. I'm not going to bet this game. But just because Alabama has just taken too much money from me already. I bet Gonzaga against them. I bet on Alabama against Kentucky last time. Uh, I've just, I haven't been able to figure out the Crimson Tide. They feel like a team that can either make a Final Four or be out by 11 a.m. Pacific time on Thursday of the tournament. What do you make of this team here as we head towards March? Well, I would agree with you on the Final Four if it's for the NIT. Uh, <laughs> but to me, this is a team that could potentially get bounced fairly early because of their inconsistency in terms of shooting the basketball. They lose in Como against Missouri as huge favorites on the road. They barely escape because Tom Crean doesn't know how to drop a play to save his life. He's having a good day too as well. What's that? Tom Crean. Well, what about it? <laughs> oh, he's, I mean, said he's having a good day. There's some, some reports about him. I'll let you continue to roll. Well, but we'll talk uh, about that I, later. Reports about it. Let me tweet out. Tom Crean's going to be fired at the end of the year. Does that mean make, does that, well, will ESPN then credit me at the bottom of their story? First reported by Amal Shah. It doesn't <laughs> take a rocket scientist <laughs> to figure today, out. <laughs> it, well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. I don't understand in college basketball why you'd make an in-season change. It's different yeah. than in the pros it just to me it doesn't really benefit you there his teams have never played defense it's fairly it's been a common theme for them for a long time you know the highlight of his career outside of making the final four at Marquette was when Christian Watford hit that three-point shot yes. against Kentucky other than that this team has really struggled um, but you know you look at this Alabama team they don't have the ability to go inside consistently when they're not knocking down threes. When you're knocking down threes, you can beat anybody like we saw earlier this year when they beat Gonzaga in Seattle. But then you have performances like you do against Missouri, who loses last night at the hump against Mississippi State. So um, this Alabama team it can be a hit or miss very much so. Yeah, very hit or miss. That's why I say like it's a team that if they were to face a good team in the first round, that they would probably give them all they can handle. Yeah. But they could easily be a seven seed that loses to the 10. And it, you don't even blame Lincoln eyes just like there goes Alabama. We'll see you later there. It's going to be interesting because whoever they face, so let's say obviously they're not going to play a Texas Tech type of team in the first round or Texas. But if they played a team that brings that type of defensive intensity, mm -hmm. I think it could be a problem for a team like Alabama. Yeah, Bracket Matrix has them as a number five seed right now. And we all talk about 12-5 upsets every March, and Alabama will probably be the prime candidate I, as the five that gets upset. I, I love these useless bracket guys. They're worried about, like, you know, it's like having a Miss America contest and worrying about who's finishing 24th. <laughs> Does anybody ever know who's ever finished 24th in a pageant? I mean, it's like, really, are we really worried about Alabama being a potential five seed? How are they even a five seed? They're, I mean, to me, you're trying to tell the, the, me. Right, rising tides lift all boats. And you mentioned yeah. the SEC. <laughs> I like that line. That's a good line. <laughs> yeah, look, the league has been tremendous. But, mm -hmm. you know, part of the reason the league has been tremendous is not because of Alabama. Auburn has been at or near the top the entire year. I mean, this team has been phenomenal. Kentucky's 
started off a bit slowly and then just played better and better and better. And then we saw the great win they had at the Fog. Tennessee has been a really good basketball team. Arkansas has done a really good job this year. I mean, Alabama's a very good team, but I think you look at that up those other four teams I mentioned, I would take all of them over Alabama. Yeah, that's the like Alabama. They're just the Jekyll and Hyde team of this conference. We got two more games on your A list here, and we will talk about those on the other side. They're going on right now, so we've given our thoughts on them. But I also want you to kind of hammer home why you put those games on your A list and why they are of heavy importance here on today's college basketball slate. Right now, right before we go to break, I believe Illinois is leading by 12. Last wow. I saw, they're out there at the Breslin Center, so the Fighting Illini looking really good on the road. Nine and a half point favorites to the live line over at BetMGM. Total 124 and a half. This total closed around 138 or 138 and a half around there. So this game is trending toward the under. Michigan State continues to struggle offensively like they did against Penn State in the early week action out there in the Big Ten. Also, UConn leading Xavier 26-23 as we're under six minutes to play out there in the Big East. On the other side, Amal's A-list continues talking all things college basketball today. It is betting across America presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. BetMGM customers can score big with special offer on the NBA All-Star Game. Simply place a $25 wager on the game and you'll receive a $10 free bet that you can use for any other NBA wager. Just opt into the promotion, place your bet, and enjoy the All-Star Game like never before with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Get a piece of the NBA action all season long with the King of Sportsbooks. Sign up to your BetMGM account today to receive a $10 free bet on the NBA when you bet $25 on the All-Star Game, tipping off Sunday, February 20th, baby. All eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Opt-in required. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. 
Welcome back. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And we were picking up with Amal's A-list. We got two more games. One of the games on your A-list is Illinois-Michigan State. And you might have hopped in on this one in-game here, Amal. Yeah, Tick's party plus seven and a half. I think they got a great chance to make a push in this game. Still a long way to go first half. Remember, similar situation as I alluded to that we saw in Champaign. They were trailing almost double digits, I think, at the break. Make a push. And now, right now, I think they're going to the line for an and one here. So... I expect Michigan State at some point in time to make a, a serious comeback in this game. By the way, Femi, I'll tell you what. It's hard being a coach when you got players this dumb. Boston College gets a rebound against Syracuse. 28 seconds left, shot clock's off. But no, no, we're not going to hold for the last shot down 15. We're going to race to the basket in a non-fast break situation, oh, no. throw up a shot, and allow Syracuse to get the last possession after we miss. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> no, it's just like, I mean, time-scoring situation. But what does our friend Michael Lombardi say on the Lombardi line? You either coach it or you allow it? I mean, the, the kids are getting direction from somebody. Well, yeah, but I mean, at some point in time, you know, you can only take a horse to water. You can't make a drink. <laughs> that is a very fair point. Uh, we'd, we'd think that that point in time would be once they become collegiate uh, Division One basketball players, but in some cases... Not the case there. Uh, but aside from your in-game play with this Illinois-Michigan State game, you're on Sparty plus seven and a half here. What intrigued you mostly about this game to put it on your A-list? Well, I thought it was a terrific matchup when you look at these two teams. Upper echelon teams, both ranked in the top 20. But Michigan State, tremendous at home. Illinois, uh, while they have difficulty maybe in certain spots winning on the road, they're still a good enough team that if they won at the Breslin Center, wouldn't come as a complete shocker. Uh, and they've done a nice job so far. Really a wire-to-wire -wire job by them with an eight-point lead. So this is going to be a tight, tough game. I, I thought the 7.5 was a good number to take and probably still get about a 6.5 there. I'm, I'm telling you, Femi, I, I think this is going to be one of those games when we go to commercial, we're going to be like, let's go to commercial, hopefully, as the game comes down to the final sequence. That, that's personally I feel like it will be. It doesn't necessarily mean it'll turn out that way. But, but I feel like Michigan State will adjust some of their mistakes at halftime. Uh, you look at Izzo, you go back historically 20-plus years, this team has always been tremendous at responding in second halves at the Breslin Center. The final game on the A-list is the big rematch out there in the Big 12. Texas taking on Texas Tech. Right now, the live line, Texas three-and-a-half point favorites, total 125-and-a-half there as we're about 12.45 to play in this first half. What stood out to you about this game between the Red Raiders and Longhorns? Well, revenge game, right? I mean, the rematch from just a couple of weeks ago in which Texas Tech really dominated. It was funny. Mike Palm had taken Texas Tech on the money line, and I, I said I would have laid the points at four. He goes, well, you know, Texas. I said, listen, Texas Tech has a better chance of winning by double digits than Texas does on the road in Lubbock. And we saw Texas Tech dominate that basketball game. I think they ended up winning by 13. Um, and this game has been tight, and it's expected to be tight. I I'll be honest. I didn't want to be biased because I'm a Big 12 guy and put this as the number one game because I thought the game at the bud today is going to be tremendous. But this game to me is right there, just 1B. It's going to be one of those where if you get an opportunity, team gets up by six, seven points, take a look at the end game on the other side. I think both teams defend so well. It's going to be intense. And you're seeing it right now. Texas Tech leading 11-10, 12 minutes into this game. Neither team able to get consistency on the offensive side because of both teams' defenses. And this should be a lot of fun as we go down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, as somebody who played the under in this game, uh, mm -hmm. holding the nose in this one, I, I, right now it's trending under, but it's a long way to go. And you mentioned if it's close, the parade of the free throw line can really do me in later on in the second half in this game. Yeah, but I, I don't, look, I don't think it's a bad play. And you're right to a certain extent. A lot of it's predicated upon how the sequences go. But the way this game is played so far, you have to feel pretty good. Eight minutes in, there's 21 points scored, obviously, so uh, under the pace at this point. But 
it's really going to come down to the defensive effort. And I thought Texas giving up 42% the first time around would be kind of a catalyst for them to really defend. And they've done a nice job of that so far. Not a ton of foul calls so far. Texas Tech with four, I think two against the Longhorns mm-hmm. so, uh, in this one. So we'll see how this one plays out. Before we look at some of the other top 25 games going on today, UConn has extended its lead against Xavier under three minutes to play in the first half. The Huskies lead 37 to 25. And on the live line, they are 11 and a half point favorites closed six and a half pre-flop their total up to 146 and a half of all. Yeah, uh, this look, this team is really good. I think when you look in the Big East, I have three teams and then everybody else. Villanova, Providence, and UConn. And I have Villanova and Providence. PC, the better regular season team. They still have to go back to Nova, so they couldn't end up with a share of the Big, big East crown. Villanova mm-hmm. can't. But um, I think that UConn, when we get to Madison Square Garden, Oof. if you're – if you're PC or if you are uh, Villanova, you don't want to face this team. I love the way this team has played. Hurley's team has kind of built themselves as the season has progressed. You know, this game, they get off to a little bit of a rough start. And I understand, you know, it was 4 nothing. That's not a big deal. But they've outscored X 37-22 to over that stretch. That, that's an impressive job against an Xavier team that can score points at times. They're inconsistent. But this, this uh, Connecticut team is can be very dangerous. Listen, this isn't the old Big East where we had Syracuse in there and we had – West Virginia in there and all those teams, Georgetown, like, well, Georgetown's still in the Big East, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the old Big East, when we had that the MSG, the tournament, but still, even though it's not as good a conference as it used to be, this is still probably one of my favorite conference tournaments is the Big East at MSG. It is always electric, always provides really good finishes. I mean, who saw Georgetown winning that conference tournament last year? Uh, probably had no business being in the NCAA tournament, but they had a hot four days out there at the garden where Patrick Ewing used to call it home. Maybe he's got some good mojo out there at MSG. But, but that's where you take advantage of a situation, right? When they played Colorado, they were getting 10, 10 and a half. That was a joke of a line because had they played just two weeks earlier, that line would have been 15 or 16. Yeah. Colorado beats them by 20 plus, and that's where you got to take advantage of it. You mentioned the old Big East. To me, the old Big East back in the 90s, and you go back to the 80s all the way, but it was a better tournament than the NCAA tournament yeah. because you have all the schools are close by, right? Everybody brings their fan base, and I think this year's tournament's going to be electric. My only issue with the Big East is Creighton's in the league. I'm like, come on, man. Creighton, really? <laughs> letting and, everybody in. Yeah. <laughs> we're, letting, we're letting everybody in there. By the way, you know, you talked about it. You talked about a run by UConn. They've got a 15-point lead, and, and I think if you're Xavier, waited too long to take a timeout. It went from 7 to 15. Should have called the timeout sooner. Yeah, they now lead 41 to 26 in that game. I was this close to laying it with the Huskies. Did not do it, so that'll be probably on the bet regret. Uh, we'll still have that. see how that game unfolds, though. Still got another half of basketball to play out there in Connecticut. SEC at all. I want to turn your attention because I asked you about this game while we were during the break here. Auburn, the number uh, top five team in the country here, going up against Florida. The Gators catching four and a half at home in the swamp total, 139 and a half. And this is kind of one of those last chance to dance kind of things for the Florida Gators as they take on an Auburn team that's not too great away from home. Yeah, absolutely. This is a team, remember, they had a one-point win or two-point win against uh, Georgia uh, at Stegman. And then, of course, we see them uh, in Como lose that or barely win that game against uh, Conzo's team. To me, this would be a tough game at the Odone. I thought Florida played them well. Castleton, with the size inside, can present some challenges for this Auburn team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Auburn's got to shoot the ball better than they have. That's the one concern I have when I look at this team is their perimeter in terms of shooting the basketball. Um, I, I would be looking at the Gators at four and a half here. Remember, the three was the original number, but the Odom's always tough. Florida tends to play well against some competitive opponents, so 
Uh, I, I don't know. This is a stay-away game here. I think this should be a pretty good game. Uh, 11 o'clock Pacific time, 2 o'clock Eastern. Should, this should be a fun one. Again, another great in-game opportunity game. Let's say the Gators get down big. You take a look at that one. Got some opportunities. And, and you know, Femi, we were on era. But otherwise, and when UConn fell behind 4 nothing, that would have been something you would have gotten UConn a 4 and a half, 3 and a half. It would have been something I jumped on all day because I almost laid the points here. And uh, Hurley's team is just dominant right now. It, it, you know, forget yeah. giving Xavier points for making baskets. If they can hit the rim, swats, <laughs> his shots are getting swatted like it's morning in Matumbo back there. <laughs> Give them points if they can hit the rim. That's how uh, off the track we've fallen here with X on the road over at UConn. I'm, uh, Stephen Bond, our producer, I think he was telling me that we have fours popping up in some places here with this Florida and Auburn game there. Just with Auburn, just their, their road woes kind of have been continuing out throughout this SEC conference. Is a mall something is. You're, you're catching your eye because UConn is just absolutely lights out right now. They just absolutely just sent Xavier. They shouldn't even come out for the second half now. Get on the plane and get back to Cincinnati. Uh, they are down 18. I mean, this was a tight game. It was, I yeah. think, 23-18. It was tied at 18. And uh, we see uh, the Huskies just put a run together. I, I'm telling you, this, I talk about this all the time. The difference of playing at Gamble and playing at XL, they are just a different basketball team and just thoroughly dominated. They lose the game to Creighton at XL. If that game was at Gamble, they would have beaten them. And they've just done a tremendous job on campus. We see it last night. Carnesecca Hall, you know, sometimes when MSG's popping, St. John's plays well, but uh, give this uh, Connecticut team credit. They're going to have one last opportunity before the half here. Keep an eye on this Connecticut team come March. That is something that we need to do here as we try to find a little bit of value and cast some tickets with March Madness on the horizon. Top of the second hour betting across America on the other side. It is VCN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.